The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Well, here we go on this Saturday afternoon, July 6, 2019, and we want to try and get this done rather quickly today, because um, there are other plans, but uh, I think Kevin wanted to get donuts. Thanks. Well, it was more like Muhammad wanted to get donuts. Come on, guys. Well, here, so uh, this is for the first time ever we're on a timer. We're, we're it's like this time we're literally cutting for time. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> we're not going to really cut for time, but we're gonna, but we are in a bit of a like like uh, there. I guess I had other stuff to do today, so um, instead of games done quick, podcasts done quick. Well, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, so the usual around the table: Mike Nicholas, uh, James Austin, Kevin Ng, Mohammed Shamarki, all around the table. Well, it's been a busy day. We've all had stuff to do. I mean, Kevin had a test. I'm I have an appointment later. Long story. Long story. Um, Mo went to see a movie. How how was how was Spider Man, by the way? It was good. And James, well, James was just doing other stuff. Uh, what were you doing today? <laughs> I, I think we're the only uh, you're the only one who has nothing nothing. Well no, going I on. was resting because I've been so busy during the week and stuff. Yes. And then I had other things I wanted to do, but you called me last night, and then I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to watch it this anymore. I actually have to get sleep, or I'm going to fall, kill over. So Yeah, and it was just one of those things. So, uh, well, let's see. We, ne- we didn't get an episode in in June, because that's we just had, the way June like, went. Many in, uh, May. We had, we, we we had those so that four we, tapings in May. And that was kind of like to give us enough uh, breathing room. But. For now, yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, we're still letting the... Um, after effects of anime north we're st- some of us are still like like i'm still s- suffering a little bit of uh, post convention syndrome that's what a long you, time wait, to suffer in terms there, of Mike. missing anime north or just recovering from it <laughs> i think i think you should say and i didn't like, see you him should have been more respectful and said post uh, holiday recovery syndrome oh yeah canada well, day weekend, canada canada so day weekend uh, i remember yeah. being 16 and thinking oh man like anime north's over what am i going to do with my life yeah i just don't care anymore no 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 it's just one of those um we're gonna look back a little bit oh man there's the wendy saying a five dollar bag we could have got that for you there uh kevin you were, yeah you were in the state yeah. and yeah but and, not here yeah it's fine well, <laughs> we had to go to Buffalo, but hey, the walk would be worth it in all this heat. Oh boy! <laughs> well, yeah, and it's uh like it's it's an oppre- it's we're straddling thirty degrees Celsius here in Toronto. Just for reference, it's, there's a bit of a one hundred and twenty for you uh, Americans. Nah, it's closer to like mid eighties. Had to break to out the high, mid to mid to least, high eighties. Sure, I, I swear it feels like it's one twenty. At least there. it's not as bad as what Europe was going like, through a while yeah. back because they were going for extreme heat. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man would have been sweltering in that heat. I don't think he'd win. Oh boy. Well, yeah, as I said, we're a month more than a month after Anime North and we're still um I'm still digesting a lot of it. I think for this episode, I want to look back a little bit on some of the key top things we did at Anime North. And then obviously there's some news, a little bit more talk in more recent ends and that's the other part we'll talk about. Uh, in the back end of the show. And we're not going to take a break. We're going to try and tape this all in one take. One take, guys. One take. Yeah, and uh, don't forget, try and stay close to the mic. Um, Absolutely. One Thank take. You. One take, guys. Okay. So, <laughs> well, let's talk. Well, I mean, there, there are two things. We're going to use all your swear words. A few things I want to talk about from Anime North. With mm-hmm. me, with, uh, and I know Mohammed may not be able to offer too much. Sorry, guys. Next year. Next year for sure. But no, he'll offer something a, a, a lot more later. I will on. hold you to this, Mohammed. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the let's I'll give some thoughts. Um where uh like obviously the big star the big thing we did with uh, at Anime North was interview Fred Shot, which was Sir Frederick of the Shot. Yes. Well, yeah. we can call he is basically um like in terms of fandom old school royalty mm-hmm. to many, to any, to old school fans, right? And it had been a long time since he had been to Anime North and he had a lot of recollections to share with us as I'm sure you might have listened. Yeah, to. if you if, if anybody listened to the uh, interview we did with him. Uh there's a, obviously there's a little bit more to that story and to the background. And yes, um if you listen to the interview, we did preview what would be his, have been his last panel and we'll talk about that actually too. Well, his first two panels, as we mentioned, uh, we, he talked about the four immigrants manga at length mm-hmm. and the follow-up 
And what's basically happened in the years since he published the book, because that book's been on the market, had been on the market, was published back in 98, actually, his, around the time of his first appearance at Anime North. Obviously, a lot of things have happened in the 20 years since. As I said, we can talk about that in the interview. That was the first uh, panel. Second panel, he talked at length about his friendship, about Astro Boy and his friendship with uh, Osama Tezuka, which I missed mm-hmm. the, the, the back end of because I had to be off to do the podcast panel at Anime North. Like I said, it's Anime North. You're going to miss a lot stuff. Of things. There's yeah, a lot you, of things you, you don't want to do. You were there for the first half. I was there for the second yeah. half. So we can kind of work it together. Yeah, we can but... kind of work it together. Well, uh, and well, we mentioned said, some things in his interview about that one. The uh, the picture of well, not the crown prince, but the emperor. Now mm-hmm. you saw like that, that picture. Because, I did not, and he talks so. about that. Yeah. He talks about seeing that picture, and obviously he talked about the recollection in that mm-hmm. in the interview itself. And meeting, yeah, the meeting the, the crown prince then, then meeting Naruhito, and mm-hmm. you know the, those pictures and his friendship with uh, Osama Tezuka and the difference. Like he was talking about how he was learning about the outside world through Fred and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like now all the creators like are either on Twitter or they have the internet so they can get an idea of what the outside world is thinking of them outside of Japan and stuff like that. And you didn't have that way back in the day when there was no internet, no nothing like that. So he was getting a lot of the foreignness and the ideas through Fred and stuff like through, that. Through and they had very... Um, Long discussions, as he said in the panel. He said he was in. I think they were coming up to Canada, ironically. And they missed. And they said they missed the flight in uh, San Francisco because they were so engrossed in their conversation. Because it was a really, it was a really funny story. That was a that I had a good chuckle on that one. When you heard, you've heard the interview already. Mm-hmm. Okay, what did you think yeah. of it? Just quickly. It's, Enlightening. Oh, geez, <laughs> that doesn't sound all that. <laughs> No, it was a it was a fun listen. Okay, yeah. as I said, I didn't want to get like I like like we've known I've known Fred for I, I've known Fred and been in touch with him over all those years all through those twenty years. And they had we were like, talking. I, obviously, the conversation was more between old friends, yeah. right? And the, it was funny. The other one thinking about it on that wavelength is the manga. I forget who did it, but it was like of Osama Tezuka's life. Oh yeah, and, that's, and, that's and the one thing was he showed the one panel. Where it's like they have the foreigner, and the foreigner was basically Fred shot because they took a tracing almost of this one picture. He showed the picture of him and Tezuka and this thing in the and room and the, stuff like it was kind and of they used, and that was basically his design. Yeah, that the, was the, the basically the they just his put Fred mongified him. Like when you think about when you told me about seeing things through foreigners' eyes, it, it made me think a little bit about um, the creator of Love Hina, Ken Akamatsu, and he talked a little bit about. Um, when he found out about Love Hina's popularity outside of Japan for the first time, when he was exposed to it for the first time, and how floored he was by it, and how he'll keep in mind his foreign audience as he continues writing. So um, that when you when we went to, when you when you put when we uh, you brought up, um, you I'm guessing know, that's why curiosity. we got manga Harry Potter then for <laughs> later uh, on. I suppose, <laughs> yeah. But it was a just it's just uh, you know how times have changed, mm-hmm. right? Negima's great. It is, but it definitely has its time and place. You know what I mean? Like but you can tell it, where it's kind of from in a way. But well, then it weird. ended. It did not end very well. But yeah, mm-hmm. although you could like say it, it had con- a great start, and then it just petered out. It felt like well, you could say it's, it continued. But in any case, anyway. So going back to Tezuka and the inter- and uh, Tezuka and shot in the interview. The other thing was. Um, at the time we we were doing the interview, you, you may or uh, we had planned out the interview and we found out yeah the interview was going to happen and we were going to i was going to get the get the office uh, the office display room to be able to do the interview uh, you hinted to me james that you weren't going to initially sit in on the interview well i wasn't sure where i was going to be at that point in time because there are just so many things to do at anime north and then i guess at some point i'm like i can do this <laughs> so i said i would join you and I think it solidified once I started hearing the second panel and stuff. I like, you know what? I should come and sit in on that. And <laughs> kind of worked its way out. I would have loved to sit in, but I had my responsibilities. But, but then, yes, uh, uh, because if I hadn't been there, I probably would have went over to uh, the uh, TCC. But I went after the fact, which was pro- it worked out. But it was when the torrential downpour came. So we got a bit wet. And then we went in, and then it passed over, and then I was able to dry off as I walked back. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was more of um, 
Like how do I how do I explain the whole? But let's just say you've never seen cosplayers run so fast in their life. Oh yeah, to get away from like this torrential. But I, I was just surprised that you ultimately decided to do the to sit in on it, and you know that added another element. It was as I said, I, I, it's easily and we got a lot done in that short amount of time. I think we yeah, and, that, and and it was also nice because as you said, and we said it in the interview that. It's all glass, so we got to see all the people going back and forth through that one entranceway, mm-hmm. the hallway. Yeah, it was of the. Uh, it, it was ever the hotel we want to call. I was going to say DoubleTree for. I a was minute. so happy to have done to have had Fred to sit down. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I I don't I can't say that enough how much uh, how much of that was a thrill to to have done that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, um, I think it was a great thing for both of us and stuff like that. Do and that. You don't always get those opportunities, and so he was very gracious with his time and stuff like that because he had a lot of panels to do and mm-hmm. a lot of but things. And he's he older now, you know what I yeah, mean? So because this, well, maybe uh, who knows how many more times he'll be able to see Anime North. Mm-hmm. Actually, in the course of this, and I, I guess we'll come back to this when uh, at another point. And I do, and I know I want to talk to Kevin a little bit more about his uh, volunteer ex- his experience at Anime North a little bit more, but I don't think we'll be able to today anyway. That's okay. I don't. Yeah, like maybe he doesn't want to talk about it. It doesn't matter to me. Okay, cool. <laughs> we could, we could, we don't need to. You didn't burn down you. the hotel. We were all still alive after, so it must have been okay. <laughs> so the other thing is, we did we did preview um, Fred's uh, third panel, which which was his take on the on manga translation today. And I we, and talking with you guys over the phone last week, before, as we were starting to plan the episode, um, I told you some of the stories and. I, and I actually took notes as we as the panel happened. It was on Sunday afternoon. Basically, this was a little bit more of a, uh, Fred Fred's own story as mm-hmm. as a translator. And when and he, he is of that generation that you remember the old uh, Dana Lewis and all those guys from Dark Horse and stuff like that. They were like a different generation than what it became in the early 2000s with Tokyo Pop, as you're about to get into. Yeah, when we talked about the story, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll read, and I'm going to read my notes verbatim, and then maybe I'll elaborate on them. Started reading, um, and this is Fred again, uh, m- mentioned that he started reading manga in the early 70s. Now, you know, it must be noted, he's a, he was a bit of a, he went to places when he was younger. I think, like, he, and I forgot exactly where he said he lived, but he, he, he lived uh, overseas quite a bit when he was younger. So he was already quite well traveled by the by the time uh, by the time the whole manga scene kind of came in. Was a fan of Leiji Matsumoto, so Galaxy Express, I think, right? Yes, Captain Harlock. Yeah, um, one of his friends, Suichi Okada, introduced Phoenix Tam. So that's that was his actual first exposure to uh, real for, real initial exposure to um, Tezuka, mm-hmm. and he hinted and he hinted when they first met Tezuka, it wasn't Astro Boy that was the focus for them that day. It was Phoenix. They were trying to get the get the rights to do um, to translate Phoenix, yeah, and and how his company at the time, uh, like the partnership they had to for the translating company, um, how they got it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that story. That's the story, right? Like how he made a, a translating company with a, a couple of other friends, so one a, a fellow American and two other Japanese, and that's it was that through that group that they that he met uh, that he met um, Tezuka. Uh, at the time, and this is, and we talk a lot about flipped and unflipped manga. He said, he, "I remember writing. I wrote down the words unflopped, not possible at time, or unthinkable." Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> and so, we had a long discussion about that, Mike. And it's the same we've talked about many times before. Where they were trying to do it for the foreign audience, and we were used to it a certain way. So they're like, "Okay, we have to flip it back to their reading style, and then it can affect us." Yeah. We know. The artwork, and then there was the other thing of sometimes we were used to colored, all color American comics. So they're like, oh, we had to worry about that. And remember, Viz did the Crying Freeman editions, one of the first ones. They were all in color and they were flipped. And those are some unique editions. Yeah. Well, and then was it thought it was too early to translate manga in late seventies? Believed more in writing book and writing books than manga hmm. at the time. Um, and he reminded us, and in the course of the of the of the uh, panel, and I know you're watching the Overwatch game, um, a reminder that Japanese imports of U.S. comics, of American comics, in the early twentieth in the early twentieth century, was more of a wet, was Western orientation, so left to right. Uh, he touched again on um, on the four immigrants manga, and then Europe. And, and he, he, yeah, he did translate Rose of Versailles. Uh, there were a couple different versions of translations, but he was in on those. 
Yeah, that's so. interesting that like people we've had the anime come yeah. out, but no one's touched the uh, manga yet, even though the anime is now out of print. No, again. didn't doesn't Udon have the license to it, but for whatever reason hasn't put it out yet. Do they? Yeah, that's I interesting. Know. I can't remember. I'm gonna double check that. Anyway, anyway, um, sometime in localization, uh, things had to be really Americanized, even redrawn or retitled. I can. I think that was his story about why Rose of Versailles got redone a couple times. And we've seen that happen with other things. I remember uh, Blade of the Immortal. That's one that Dark Horse worked with the artist, and they had like special covers and all this stuff because sometimes it didn't even correlate to the manga volumes and stuff like that and that was with other ones they had done mm -hmm. that always made me wonder because they still have not unflipped it to this day well yeah unfortunately for that the new omnibus for that one they're still that way and it looks like the other omnibus they're starting with next year what is michael the cat manga that one is going to be done two volumes but it's going to be the flipped version and stuff like that and that from dark horse was 11 volumes kodansha's japanese version was nine volumes yeah they have some precedent for non flipping that but i don't i don't mind um sorry they have some precedent for keeping it flipped i mean but a lot of them for that stuff i don't mind it's like the quality of the manga is still there regardless yeah. there are some things where yeah sometimes it might but most of the time flipping it isn't a big issue but we're now where we are now. Yes. So. And just to confirm, yes, Udon does still have the Rose of Versailles manga. Wow, okay. it must have been a long time ago then that we might have talked about it. There's so. a snag. That's why it's not out yet. There has to be some sort of snag. Uh, we'll talk about snags later on, I'm sure. Any, anyway, so uh, you are continuing jokingly on. Jokingly refers to himself as a survivor, which uh, of, of the whole th of the translating industry. I mean, wire to wire, he's been around. Yeah, with the old school. Yeah, I know some of the ones like... Torrin Smith and stuff like that, mm. God rest his soul, unfortunately. But he was there. He was a lifer, too. Yeah. He actually went into some technical details about some things you can't flop, right? Mm -hmm. Like, especially when it comes to um, orientation, hand positioning, some unreal, if you try to. to or um, as we said, remember, where they're you, driving on one side on yeah, one, then they and, flip it, then oh, it looks. But so not as many people off. Yeah. So, hand, I think like that, that's. It might have been Gunsmith Cats, like, they showed that and it's like, oh, it's like you don't think about, but sometimes people mm -hmm. read so quick. Yeah, but he. But that all said, he still sound like there was a case for flop that at a, at a time. But I guess I suppose it just came and went. He he tries to draw the line between adaptation and translation, and cites uh, cites. Or I wrote down Ranma one half, but I think we can talk about a lot of viz, in a viz context as well, like the way they kind of adapted things so that I guess so people can get the jokes in another language. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, mm -hmm. and I know we're going to talk about translations. This will be a th running theme throughout the remainder and then of this it's hour. Still, it's still like a thing that happens to this day. And the other thing of, okay, where is this actually taking place? Is it a more Japanese context? So then they start adding the chans and the senpai mm -hmm. and the kohai and all that. So you have all sorts of things. But the audience has developed so much that they can use that a lot more than they used to. Yeah. Well, so I mean, on the topic thing. of uh, adaptation versus translation, I wrote the note... Ja visual gags sometimes hard to translate, especially Japanese puns. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's definitely, good, yeah, that's they definitely point. still have issues with that one. So sometimes um, one note I wrote was "Ghost of the Shell" peak of localization, but we've also referred to Astro Boy as last kick at kick at the can for real flo uh, for flopping the flopping style, right? Mm -hmm. Hmm. And um, and I think the one that was omnibus for the Astro Boy, which he did do for Dark Horse the omnibus is still flipped and stuff like that that was the same yep. thing in that so yeah but it's it, still if you it's all out there so if you want a quality uh manga translated by fred like he did a great job on astro boy and any others yeah likes written font over typed font i i think there's something to be said about that but that's like i take another angle on it just just writing in a book instead of typing out typing out words and stuff on a computer there's still something uh, something interesting about using pen and paper, and I guess in its presentation, that's probably the same thing. I think people, anybody who can who can read um, read actual handwriting, probably gets gets uh, gets things a little better, or can uh, can process the words a lot better. Oh, and uh, the last couple points, and this is the one uh, this is the one we talked about over the phone. Um, I put the words non flopping. Non-flopping, not so much authentic, but 
for mangaka demands and financial financial practicality. Remember, I told you, um, Fred, like we he ta- he talked a little bit about the the last part when um, Tokyo Pop came on the scene and talked about the whole marketing of Tokyo Pop and 100% the one hundred percent authentic authentic, <laughs> um, authentic uh, marketing campaign. And he just thought it's a little bit. He thought that was just clever. He used it was the, first, the, he, the, it was the DJ was, Milky Steve was, Levy he style, the, as they yeah, say. Was, he, 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 did, he did the it bus. Uh, he did the bus reality show. Remember? He, he, called, of, he called it. Um, one I thought. I, I think the word I would use is clever when when I when he talks about it in context. He used the for. Uh, I remember the word snookered, and um, that's the word I wrote down. I remember reading writing that down. But it was just because, uh, as I said, I, I, I um, uh, author per- demands. Japanese author demands and financial financial practicality. When you think about it, and it was price point too. Don't forget because they went for the nine ninety nine American price point. And remember, they used to be a lot more expensive. Like now, manga prices are creeping back to where they used to be in the nineties, <sighs> yep. which was sixteen ninety nine American. All that it's other a little stuff bit much, yeah. But then again, we're now at around fourteen nine nine for some of the series and stuff. Like yeah, that. cheapest ones are around thirteen bucks for Viz stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So better or worse, I guess. But um, when, when, we, when we thought about it, I mean, I, I know you, 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 when I brought up that line that uh, it, like the whole authentic thing was a bit on the misleading side because really, like you make it sound, you, it made it sound like Tokyo Pop went to the effort to put that, put it that way. <laughs> but they didn't really. But really, they, really, all they just ended up doing was just and they had less double effort, checking the words and they had less effort because they didn't do the sound effects as well. And that was the one thing that annoyed for certain manga a lot of us. Like I look at Dragon Head and it's a horror manga and you they didn't translate all the sound effects and there were certain panels where you needed that ambiance, those sound effects to get into the manga and they just weren't translated. So you're like you, I think I know what that means, but you're just seeing the sound effects with no translation. Kevin, on a Kevin black I know how to page. Feel, Kevin I know kind of when I said that line, he had a bit of a aha uh-huh <laughs> or or laugh uh, laughed almost. He's laughing we now. Were it's a little disingenuous it. of Tokyo Pop, yes. That's probably it, and I—that's—that's that's sort of the gist I got. But hey, look what it did. Well, yeah, and this is the last line. I mean, this is the good part. It, you just it proved need the, the it, right lines, but the right it proved the, pre- the flexibility of how much fandom had evolved. It proved the flexibility of Western fans. And he was able to get it into the big book distributors and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was like Kurt Hassler was with Borders at that point. Now but it also started press, another. But, yeah, but it also started another chain of events. Ultimately, mm-hmm. that led to the collapse of the industry about a decade but, ago. But yeah, they, they were uh, slower than the anime, but they're back on their feet again. And We're getting now, somewhere, but... Well, there are things now, I was looking at the announcements on AX, and the thing that's still surprising, I told you before, is light novels way more are being released now more than ever physically. And the other thing I've been noticing this year is Yuri manga has been being released way more physically than ever before, and they had even more Yuri announcements. And... That trend's been going on for a while now, though. Sorry? It's been going on for a while now in terms of Yuri. But for the last decade, like last few years, yes. But it's interesting that last decade, Seven Seas tried it with Strawberry Line and their Light Novel Line, and they didn't even survive two releases. Like, it was that dire. And now somehow they found the market, and maybe it's like anime tie-ins and all this other stuff, but they've definitely found a healthy niche, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. So that, that's the basics of the um, of the uh, last panel of Fred's last panel. And um, is it vague? Do I make it sound vague and kind of pieced together? Oh yeah, but um, it, it was like it's one of those things you should always like if you get this a chance. These are always fascinating panels, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I mean, there's always the fan stuff and all that's all that thing. But remember, Anime North and one of its great powers is you end up learning something. Yeah, like of all the conventions and stuff like that, and maybe it's more of an East Coast thing, as we say, but we definitely have a lot more on the East Coast where you have those panels where they have historical panels and stuff tied to anime that you learn a lot more. You know what I mean? It's more academic. Yeah, I Um, I refer to it as more um, intelligent discussion, if not academic. mm -hmm. And you don't see those as much at more the commercially driven ones like, uh, the one in April that we talked about. And so. that, th- great segue, because that's almost the vice and virtue of Anime North. Well, when you, if you listen to episode 12, 
I mean, episode 11. This is episode 12. <laughs> uh, we had Jesse Betteridge on, uh, the, ho the host of the Zanin Canada podcast, and, the, and one of the great, one of the great um, anime commentators in Canada. Um, he, I mean, he's been at, he's been, he's kept up with this industry, um, and expressed that for longer than I, longer than, as far as, long as I can remember being involved in fandom myself. And the man is younger than me. It was a pleasure meeting him. I can't say that enough too. Um, that having him do the show on, uh, um, right after that evening for, for episode 11 was uh, was a, a real thrill because we got an outsider, like a non-Torontonian's take on Anime North, uh, certainly from a non-regular visitor. Um, I know Toronto's down in that game against Atlanta in the Overwatch League. Well, that that was expected, but uh, he, obviously he went on his uh, little on his little rant, I guess. I won't say a rant, but he certainly gave his opinion about the show. I, I like the word. I like the duct tape. Um, the duct tape metaphor he used. Very apt. I'd say so. I think that's a fair thing to say. But then, uh, as you know, we uh, Norm made his annual visit to the show on on the to the, on the podcast, and mm -hmm, for the second when half. you talk, and when you hear Norm explain things, you start to understand like why it's that way, <clears throat> why Anime North is a certain acts a certain way. Like you get one point, like that. Like listen to episode eleven if you really want to hear about uh, our take on the whole anime north debate when it comes to canada and stuff you hear both sides you really do hear two different perspectives on the same issue from from a visitor and of course one of the key guys within anime north itself so it was a fascinating point uh um i i did listen to to zanin's latest episode about anime north and there was one point that actually did come up that i thought I should ask right now a, a bit, and maybe we'll expand on it in the future so you guys can think about it a little further. He talked about, obviously, we talked about um, the lack of, a lack of corporate involvement with the show. Yes. Yeah, in Anime North. But that has been forever. That has been forever, but... For the fans, because, by the fans. Yeah. Yep, and we remember all the stories, like, with example, in the early aughts with Bandai, and they were going to bring all these things, all that, and they said no. They didn't want them well, taking over the dealer's room. That was fascinating to me because for the longest time I thought, where is the company representation? And then it never really, I never really clued into that until, until your little banter with Norm. Yeah. But then, then here, overhearing it, hearing that angle again on, um, on, Z on the Zanin show, Zanin Canada, sorry, get the right name. He, in not so many words, there was this, he made me start thinking about, has this been to the, has all this, because in many ways, Anime North is the institution in Canada, right? We make that joke, the institution for, of anime fandom in Canada. It's, it, so in many ways, it really represents, kind of represents um, anime fandom in, North Amer in Canada specifically. Mm -hmm. So, has, has, that, so has, has this stance been to the detriment? of Can Canadian fandom to the point where the companies don't take Canada seriously as a market. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that entirely. And the other counterpoint we could put to that is, um, I think it's like Otakuthon in Montreal, where they took the spirit of anime north, but you definitely see more company um, involvement on that. And they've done stuff with High Dive, which is Sentai and stuff like that, like a promo thing. They've done stuff with Faku, so Faku's been there a number of years and stuff like that. But Faku's been up here once. Yeah, well, they were actually over at uh, OtaFest in Calgary uh, that really? month. Yeah, they were. But they have been to Montreal, I think, each year for the past two or three years. So that's an interesting one, and Fun. they haven't been to Anime North at all. So Jacob makes the trip up there? I'm not sure who makes the trip, to tell you the truth. Okay. Because I know I Jacob been, came up here but the I haven't one been time. To, yeah, I haven't been to Otakuthon that many times, so I can't remember who they're sending out. You know what I mean? Because they actually had a panel and they actually had a booth, like a booth in the dealer's room and stuff like that, like they normally would at some other conventions. Hmm. Hmm. Now, for the Calgary one, I think it was just a panel. I'm not sure if they had what they had there, because that one, I believe, is held on the University of Calgary campus, I believe. Okay. But I could still be wrong. They might have well, moved to a convention. Maybe, maybe sometimes we're also talking about crumbs. 
Mar- the Canada, Canada, for as much we love it, it's only we're small it's not, potatoes. It's a we're, small potato. We're, so we're, we're what's basically the, point? the so, size of California, state of California. So, so really, we're not. So really, what's the point of saying how viable? Talking about how viable a market Canada is. And the other itself. thing is international borders and stuff like that, which do affect. Like I know Mike Toe was talking again is like trying to find the distributors to help them distribute in Canada, which is the biggest toughest thing for them. And he to talks. Do. He does talk at length about that actually. He and has. many of them have talked about that. Even even right stuff talked about that when they finally did okay we're going to make the deal with FedEx and then they have a third party in Montreal helping them out with that so that they can if something happens it goes and they deal with the people in Montreal and send it back or mm-hmm. whatever and the other thing is we are charged the taxes and then that way they don't have to worry as much about when Canada Post sorry not mm-hmm. Canada Post but Border Services looks at it because everything is basically in order and you should technically be paying your taxes anyway so. <laughs> that from the accountant. Okay. Well, there's a. Th- I just want to lay that thought out before uh, we move on. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, as I said, if you if you get the chance to listen to the latest epi- to the recent episode, and I'll put a link in to the, the Zan in Canada podcast episode that that reviewed Anime North. It was a good. It was a good list. It was a good listen for an hour. And we're aiming to make this show episode about as long. Less than an hour. But uh, um, it was kind of funny. I was thinking the next time you were talk- going to talk about uh, a certain uh, seminal show. That has been released. Well, and, let's and then, get on to that. And then the reason why I'm thinking about it is I was having, uh, we were having a Canada Day dinner. And so they had a band where we were and stuff like that. And then they were doing... Frank Sinatra's Take Me to the Moon. Fly, fly Me and to the Moon. Ooh. Fly Me to the Moon. Sorry. Way, way to go. Fly Me to the Moon. And I can't help but think of the first thing I thought of was not Frank Sinatra, but Ava and how many younger people might think that way if they ever heard that, 100%. which is kind of in my 100%. mind. I'm blown well, not, mind. Not, the, not the ones discovering Eva now. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not, probably. <laughs> For the first time. Different uh, experience. Uh, uh, Je- sure. Jeff, Jeff Gregg. Um, Jeff Gregg has seen it, and he's uh, posted a couple thoughts on it on Facebook. Um, and I think we'll try and Skype with him when I learn Skype. Yeah, when you just, learn Skype. It's well, not that hard. It's not that head. hard. I just got to give myself time. And, and, uh, it could be the, and I'll try and, let's try and, uh, talk with him on that a little longer. Uh, but yes, we did want to talk about the, um, about Evangelion's fi- appearance finally on Netflix. And obviously, as ma- if, as many of you know, uh, well, what we found out is Netflix doesn't have as much money as they say they do. Or no, or, or either that or they're just plain cheap. They're, they, they, they're they just have selective. The money. Yeah. They got money. It's I mean, just that they have to be... They well, they have to be a bit selective, right? But that, that does lead to a lot of It's interesting, marks. as I told you, I said, we knew that the um, amount of money paid for that show probably was astronomical to Studio Cara, which probably uh, is the ones holding it now compared to... Um, Oh, it's Cara now. But um, the thing is, it's, yeah, because they were overseeing the dub. They were overseeing everything. But you think, if you're paying all that money, you should get pretty much everything, including, like, Fly Me to the Moon and the other. And that became such a big part of the show. As we said, they had albums of everyone under the sun singing that show, including a cut of Fly Me to the Moon, where the whole production staff was singing it. And they, they may not have been the greatest singers of that song, but they definitely had heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So we're that, 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 which leads to a lot of different points. And let's uh, uh, let's go through a few of those layers. I think no, that's not a drinking game today. <laughs> First part was the dub itself, or the existence of the new dub, because there's always this talk about okay, what well, what became of the ADV dub? And I sent you guys that article just now. Um, I read through some of it. What do we know about the status of the AD, of the actual original ADV audio? All we know is we don't have the contracts and we don't know how those things, because remember, that was 95. That was one of the earlier uh, dubs ADV did. And a lot of those early contracts for ADV and all the and, other and companies, manga and all that stuff, some of them, they, they weren't standardized contracts. And some of them, the dub studio and the localization guys sometimes got to keep that. It wasn't the license. I'm Sometimes thinking, the contracts. I'm thinking that's the case, case for Evangelion. Well, you remember, remember. Um, but now with the standardization and that all of them have their international uh, department. Yeah, there's a little bit All more of them tighter. now basically come back to the licensor and stuff like that. They've airtight 
they made the contracts airtight. So, so AD, so the, the remnants of ADV still hold the. So, in theory, I'm not. It's a possibility well, among because, many. Let's put it that. Yeah, it's a possibility. And, and let's play a thought because remember, in the days lead uh, after the announcement, we saw we heard from Tiffany Grant that starting that petition to have the ADV dub put into the Netflix version, which obviously isn't the case, and it's a well-known studio that did do it. Let's mm-hmm. be clear about that. But that, Johnny Bosch. But obviously, they they would want that to be on there if that's the case and they've worked with other people like look at uh, gunsmith cats that was like one of their first dubs and they allowed uh, robert woodhead and, and, and anime ego to have that and robert woodhead in the kickstar said that the former adv people john letterford and matt greenfield all of tiffany grant all of them were like stars like they helped them out trying to get all these extras all the dub and all this stuff that they held so it was definitely not for a lack of them holding back, that's for sure. Yeah, they wanted that. And obviously, if, if, if and let's suppose, the ADV still owns the audio, there's something in it for them, obviously, to have it in there. But probably the more likely thing, and uh, Kevin alluded to, is Studio Cara, this is their baby and stuff like that. So and basically, think, they want and to they, and they when they were doing the English dub, the new director of that one said, they did a blind auditions and then Cara was the one who selected all the dub uh, mm-hmm. voices and stuff like it's that. It's funny. Well, I, the, one of the names that comes out is Johnny Young Bosch, who uh, visited, um, who visited uh, Fan Expo years, more, almost a decade ago. The Black Power Ranger. Right. Uh, no, was he? He was. Second, he was, black? He yeah, was second, black, second black Ranger, yes. Um, he was, it's funny because this is the second time he, I know of he's been involved in a major Bleach, Redub. Right? No, no, he did. He did. The, he was in the second dub of uh, of Akira as oh, well. Right, Akira, right, yeah. and that's yeah. obviously. And a, I believe exactly, it was in yeah. the second one of five centimeters per second. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, well, so he's. So he seems <laughs> to that have was a the Bang Zoom one. He seems to have a habit of of being there the second time around, right? Mm-hmm. And he played Kaneda in uh, in in Akira. But he's an old hand, so yeah, he's he's become old hand in ten in ten years. But I I know I saw him listed. I forgot who who he played. Oh, he played uh, the best friend of third, fourth, the fourth pilot. Okay, Mm -hmm. so let's continue. Oh, yeah. So, um, well, so now we now now that we've talked about the dub, let's talk about. The translation, because obviously, now, there was a missed opportunity for us at Anime North, because um, Dan Kanemetsu was a guest of honor, and it wasn't really known. He did a couple panels. He actually did the panels on either end, on on the bookends of Fred's panels, uh, the Fred's first panel at uh, on the Friday at Anime North. And he has North. been definitely a big commentator on chap, uh, translation and stuff like that. He's done so. the Black Lagoon manga translation, and he's talked at yes. length. And he did this. Mm-hmm. He did Evangelion, and I didn't know that until he got hammered in the inter- on the internet over it. Yeah, it's... and this is the talk. So where do we like? You know where? And we're... there obviously was oversight, probably from Studio Car there again, if they were that hands on with everything and stuff like that. But what are we to know about what it is anyway? Because basically, Ano was in a blender for that whole series, so people are still debating on what is going on in that series to this day so so yeah it's it's uh, probably uh, and ano probably can't won't give you a straight answer because yeah point. he it's was like day. fucking well, was out it? of his mind depressed was, yeah. and god knows why so what was the intent well ask ask the ask the director the director ask probably, him in 1995 the that's is, why you get a better director, answer there's entirely it's entirely possible the director doesn't really know Right, I mean, yeah. but but because people are so upset, what's the phrase we used? What's the phrase? Triggered, undermining, I triggered. I wanted to say triggered under, because not that's really undermining, but play, downplaying. Downplaying is that the word we use? Yeah, like what they they down did they downplay the the implicit BL moments between Kaworu and Shinji instead of that's I what love people you are upset like about or something yeah. like that. So, but Suki, the way they do Suki, there's so many variations and deeper meanings, all this other stuff. So that was kind of I don't know. But but this is also assumed splitting hairs, you know. Yeah, what I mean? it, it because is a splitting hairs thing is because an art. It's not a it's thing, an, especially with R two language. Well, that's English the thing because Japanese. Sorry, because uh, that reminds me of something Zach Davison said once. He's the guy who translates Gigaginokitaro Giga no Gitaro as well as a lot of the yokai stuff. That when you're reading, let's say when, for the example of manga, when you're reading a translated manga, you're technically reading. The translator's work. It's not really from the creator's mouth at that point. And that's, that's a fair statement. That is, a, a that, is that is a very because keen, as they I'd go say bang on. 
yeah. because as they I'd go deeper, deeper and stuff like that, like and some of them like and are just fluff stuff. It's like okay, maybe it's not. But that, as you go deeper and deeper to certain series, yeah, it can change. Yeah, and that led to Amanda Win Lee's um, lash out earlier this week. Right? Mm-hmm. Read, the, know the language. Like I, I've had to deal with this for two decades because she was the one at the on the lead on the uh, ADV translation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was in the early ADV dubs and stuff yeah, like that. And when she they says, started learn up. the damn language. And I think that's the fair statement. Yeah, 100%. And, and of course, that also assumes that ADV's... And then you'll dub, still have those ADV's fights translation because people... at the time was high, uh, of the highest quality. The thing is, we were talking about something, uh, an industry, uh, like a, that, a part of the translation industry that was just begin- really in its infancy. Not really infancy, but it's And remember, I think a lot some of those than- were contractors that they started to get for ADV and stuff like that because they had to build up and stuff like that to get to their early aughts status where they had a lot of the stuff in-house for all their dubs, their mm-hmm. translation, marketing, and everything. So... Well, what was your take on it, uh, Mohammed? Just watching it because you've watched the you've watched the entire uh, yeah. It's series. Uh, I, I, it's just it's a uh, it's a much better watching experience. Netflix is you know amazing at that. So it's how it's, about the ending? People say it gave them a different feel oh, yeah. than Flying <laughs> to the Moon because they felt like it was more uplifting or something. I don't know. You know the the one good thing and about then, the one good thing about Netflix is the ability to skip forward through uh openings and so endings. did they have the full one because you know sometimes they with the way they're doing it now they're getting rid of opening and endings and they've been having that debate in japan so at that point might as well just get rid of the ending exactly, exactly. <laughs> who needs to see those credits right right but, uh but it was it was a smooth it was a smooth watch the ending the last two episodes because i hadn't seen avon in, in, in quite quite a quite a while and i'd forgotten about the ending so you know it's like you're watching and watching and watching oh wow that's uh jarring uh, a <laughs> abrupt ending yeah and so, i feel like they were saying that they had issues with some of the other languages because they took down down the italian version yeah. i heard oh yeah i remember when it first came out there was like a whole bunch of options and now it's like so they yeah, took down so to there definitely is some teething issues but oh, yeah. that's not too surprising because when you're trying to do those many dubs and mm. all this stuff like they must have been going a mile a minute i feel like the, 100%, yeah. oh, to get all those languages all those translations and stuff like that it's not like you get one guy and somehow you're going to get all that stuff done yeah but i, I guess my point is also dan kanemetsu has been kind had been on the defensive and i think unfairly over the over the way this has been the way this mm-hmm. has gone i'll check that later uh, <laughs> good segue yeah thank you so uh, it's just like I got I got into a talk with with some with uh, other friends about translation and stuff. Okay, hands up, uh, show of hands, or just give me a thought. I only know one language. Just like I know one and a half. You know one and a half. You can speak a little. Uh, uh, what, what, my Cantonese you? is poor, but, but at least you, you, your Cantonese is probably better than my English. <laughs> so, James Mohammed, do you know any other languages? James, do you know other languages? No. <laughs> Obviously, we're just Anglophones. Good <laughs> Anglos is the uh, Quebecois call us. So, it, it, ways? Like, oh, it just, well, we're just, no, but only five. You know, you might you. take you to the Human Rights Board. Mo might take wow, you there. He's sure, going to take yeah. all your money, Kevin. Oh, man. That applies to one of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you won't have any money. So. Context is, like, the, when I, in talking with my, with my friend on this one, she just said, Lear, learn another language because it opens up a whole bunch of doors, not necessarily in terms of actual opportunities, but what type of perspectives you get. I remember, uh, and we, we just passed the uh, first anniversary of uh, Anthony Bourdain's death. One of the interviews that he had in the course of uh, Parts Unknown that stuck out to me was of Barack Obama when he uh, interviewed him in, in um, Vietnam, when he sat with him in that, in that Vietnamese Noodle, restaurant. Yeah, the new- Obama just said... Americans should know what it's like to travel. They really should ha- should use those passports. They should really have a passport and use it. And, and they don't. They a lot of them don't have passports I compared to other places in the world. It's I crazy. don't get that. I never understood that. That passport is literally like like it's 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 just so like ah, uh, it's just. I mean, you're. I'll check that. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> so you're what? going you're going for you're going to Europe, right? Like uh, contacts. My cousin, she lives in the states, and I drove her to Buffalo because she was flying out of Buffalo. The drive in, it was me and her. And the minute they saw her American passport, it was like, oh, American, get on in there. 
you know no questions asked it's just it's it's more of a thing where like you're automatically seen as like a pre-vetted individual right there's no like worry you got an american passport interesting uh, do you see it in an opposite way there kevin sorry do you see it in an opposite way there well, kevin? no i've usually not had problems yeah but but a passport's a great thing to have so exactly. so and I guess and it's the, easier I, now but, than ever, at least for us, because now they have the ten-year passports. Yeah. And well, pre- for me, I have so a ten-year. Like I, I have a yeah, passport. I have a ten-year as well. So do I, man. I have a passport. And if you do the pre-vetting too, ones, then uh, you're good because yeah, there's now pre-vetting. It used to be you had to do the mm-hmm. full yeah. nine yards. I mean, I had a pass. Obviously, I have a passport too. And my thinking is, this is like I don't travel as much as I would like to. But one of the reasons that the hang-ups for me is, I'd be so embarrassed not to know the language of places I'm visiting. What? I, Seriously, yeah, that's part fine. of it. That's okay. a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. your ways, trust me, there are ways. I mean, oh yeah, like so I mean, I have then? like like by my own admission, by my own admission, when I go to Montreal, uh-huh. whenever I go to Montreal, yeah, and yeah. obviously it's it's a very bilingual city, but yes. I come away from there feeling guilty. I don't know French. Uh, I I, uh, I concur. It's the same anywhere because, you go. Because I mean, I, I, I mean, I have to deal with people from Quebec now, well, but, and somehow I've worked my way around, oh, no, and away but, we go. But the thing is, like. In many ways, the and I and I work in the service industry. I mean, you feel guilty about it. These you have people there who are trying to help you, right? As mm-hmm. a, as a tourist, as and you're not, and if you be you're polite about it, they will, you know, reciprocate. Mike, if you go to a place that speaks English, then this isn't a problem. Ooh. Yes, I get that part too. You can go to the UK. You can go to the States. You can go to Hong Kong. You can go, go to, to Australia, South Africa. Hong Kong, I guess it's you can go to <laughs> South Africa. Yes, but the Holy Grail is always visiting places like, for us as fans, Japan or in I my think case. You can yes, still go is. to Japan because it, their my, infrastructure because, no, is. But they're try- obviously because they want tourists these days. Well, no, it improved, remember, with the World Cup. That's when it started. And, and a lot of the stuff. And now they're going into the overdrive Olympics, again because, because of the, of the Olympics. Olympics. So now they're in overdrive again. And, and for me also. Uh, definitely I, I the greater make... Toronto, sorry, greater Tokyo area, you would definitely be fun. And and, 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 and for me also, there's a personal trip uh, probably sometime into the future because I've been encouraged to visit my home, my parents' homeland in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And mm. visit my and 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 I talked about my family before in that or after they changed the name. Hmm? Before or after they changed the name, which name? The Philippines? Yeah. Didn't, didn't you guys hear? He's going to change the name oh. of the country. Oh, oh, God. I got really. Gotta see yeah, he wants to make it something more um, traditional or something. It was a while back, but yeah, he's in the process of changing the name. You're referring to the president Duterte. <laughs> exactly. No comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the thing is, my like, I talked a little bit about my family be, uh, in the in the uh, Fred Shot interview because I referred to my grandfather in that mm-hmm. interview and. How his experiences may have been a lot like um, uh, Yoshitaka Kiyama, Henry Kiyama's the four, the four immigrants, um, the mm-hmm. four immigrants man, right? Because he had some uh, because the that manga is partly his experience, but his experience was sounded a lot like my grandfather's, mm-hmm. right? So uh, so um, I want to visit uh, so uh, so my um, so there are family graves I want to visit in the Philippines sooner uh, sooner rather than later. Once again, back to the translation. This is that's that's at the heart of this discussion, I guess. Mm. So, what do we say about this? Or is it is this as stupid as the Vic McNona discussion now? Because I think it is. Because it's getting that way for me. Yeah, no, it's definitely taking on that tone and stuff like that. It's definitely just that initial disappointment, especially with the music and all this other stuff. And you're thinking that way, of course, because. Netflix has been making this push and they've been making the push in Japan and stuff like that with that guy getting all these anime studios on side and they're definitely getting them on side because they've been living like show to show and stuff like that. And now they're getting like, oh, I can just get a big paycheck now. And so Studio Wit, IG, basically um, Bones, all the premier guys are basically going to Netflix or some of the other places like Amazon has Vinland sagas with them mm-hmm. for these next two seasons. Actually, okay, Ooh, really? Only, yeah, Amazon gonna, Prime. You want to? You want to still uh, like? We'll let the we'll talk. We'll talk a, a bit more about this uh, this story later on another time because you kind of hit something for me, and I guess this is the last part. And well, I, the translation story is the translation story. I think many of us know where you know listeners out there know where how I how where we many of us stand on it. And uh, as I said. Uh, 
you can't uh, it's nice to like it's just hard to depend on translations like it's nice mm-hmm. translations are cool and all and it's great that people do the work but but it's like apples said, and oranges well uh, kevin actually hit, hit, said it made it a good point you're listening you're reading you're enjoying the work of the translator not necessarily the author i think that's a telling thing to say that's a really good point mm-hmm. i actually agree that's a King I'm, I'm just, and we've seen versions in gaming and in anime where we we've picked up certain aspects of the language and we hear one thing and see another thing on the screen for the subtitles. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I'm oh. I'm just surprised that it's not like standardized that like you should go to the source to get the translation. Right, the translator should be talking to the creator to figure out you know is this being translated like this or do you mean this? Or do you but sometimes, but but, but then once again, like, it comes down to like somebody like I don't know. Well, yeah. well, it's hard to sometimes it's hard to tell the intent. True. But the other part is, remember, this time around it's, they had a lot more say in it, Yeah, right? more That say. sometimes happens. Yeah. And it's the other thing you say that, but remember for maybe Netflix because they're doing and they're getting everything together, it's easier for that, but it's harder with things like Crunchyroll and Funimation because they're like go 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 and speed oh, speed, yeah. speed speed true, speed true, speed. True. And so they have to get them out the door. And so they're doing that. And then they do the brush-ups for the physical kinda releases. Like the, you know what yeah. I mean? Kind of like, like, like me with, with, the, me with, uh, uh, with episode, uh, episode 10 of Anime Roundtable. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you've been cracking the whip on us today, haven't you? Mm, well, something like that. Yeah, uh, a little less ums and ahs. So I, I guess we'll come back to this. It's just, as I said, this is, it's, just one, it's just that type of story. And I... I now, Maybe it'd be nice to know Captain. For thought, I, for yeah, it is food for thought, and I guess we can talk about it another time. Okay, before we end today, and we have about five minutes. Yeah. James and I are planning to do a digest after Anime Expo finishes because we're taping this in the midst of Anime Expo, in the middle of an Overwatch game between Toronto and Atlanta. Which we are tied for some reason. What? Yeah. Toronto actually got a map. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, AX is, is ongoing, and I know maybe there's at least one thing. Uh, we'll go a little bit more at length about what's come out of AX, because there's been stuff. Yeah, well, we so have a little one, pointer and ask uh, both of them uh, one thing. Give me one thing. Um, Mohammed, Kevin, give me one thing that's already had your attention from the AX news, if there's anything. Cause well, I mean, the Kira news is pretty pretty big. I guess you guys are going to go into that. We'll go more. into that a little bit more. And, and I know then, you, that's uh, a dive. Orbital that... Sun, like he had a whole panel for Otomo and yeah. going back to his previous works. But Orbital Sun, it's crazy. Only his third feature film after Steam Boy and Akira. Think about that. Okay. That's crazy. Yes. And the other thing is he talked about the weirdness of it, that it's an American character in space and all this stuff and a bit of fantasy element. But the space suit he's wearing has the Russian like space agency thing on it. He's like, yeah, I know that's very weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Akira, Kevin, anything that for caught me, your attention? It's just one thing. It's Dark Horse's announcements. So oh they... man, you stole my thunder, buddy! You stole my <laughs> Come on, Kevin. Come on, Kevin. Come on, Kevin. Uh, James and I are—I know—we'll go at length. But so, uh, just, just what, one thing that it was uh, caught your attention. The Dragonhead Creators. One of his works is coming out, and the uh, the. Kurosaki Corpse Delivery, delivery service. service. But the problem is we're going to have to buy an omnibus, which has two volumes we already have. Well, better than it not Well, they did this around. before, remember, where they said, we're returning, you have to buy them. I bought them. Now I'm going to have to buy them again to support, but I will do it because Kurosaki Corpse Delivery Service, everyone either go to a library, read a bit of it, you'll enjoy it. It's like basically Scooby-Doo, mature Scooby-Doo is what I want. Oh, yeah. Mature Scooby-Doo. I, I was buying at one point, but then... Because I had a feeling that they weren't going to continue it. They've had that, I know, but it's that's still... why I sold my copies. But Aww. those are the I'll... good volumes too, with the uh, cardboard. You know the yeah. covers. They, I'll probably get the library to make a purchase, if you know what I mean. But uh, no Eden, so I don't care otherwise. Okay. Nah, I think Eden's in the dustbin, but you never know. They love that one, so maybe one day they might do. They have an omnibus that one, so that's still so. Unfair, the thing you know? with the thing with Eden was that. So long as we have enough money to just throw at Eden, we'll put it out. But that's been five years now. Okay. Yeah. But a lot of the omnibus is the only thing, as we said, is a lot of them are those free volumes. So that's why some, like if it had been two volumes, we would have been fine. But definitely I'm going to support that. They talked again about what's, uh, what is Michael or whatever, the cat manga, which 
is going to be two volumes. That one's going to be a good one, even though it's flipped. But that's an older one they had in, was it Super Manga Magazine is the one they did okay. back in the day. Mm -hmm. So I would hope maybe they'll get some of their back catalog. You never know. Like Club uh, 69, I think it was. Oh, Club 9? Club 9. Club Ooh. 9. Sorry. 69. slip, right? It's pretty close. Just a 9 in there. Quickly, one thing. And I know we'll go out more at length later, hopefully later in the week. Just um, one thing quick, briefly. Well, there was uh, that was, kickoff, but then the other one that we'd have to talk in on length, and we won't, we will touch on in the digest, maybe, but later with um, Mo and Kevin is uh, Crunchyroll's uh, new partner, which is uh, Viz Media and stuff yes, like that. That one, and, and then, that one's a big one, and, and that one we're not too surprising because remember, owned by talking. Warner for uh, Crunchyroll, and Warner was distributing um, Viz Media forever and stuff like that. The only thing on the Canadian side is it's going to be more expensive because Funimation's still been doing really good on pricing. They've still been American, and then you get a bit of a discount, stuff like that from Amazon or Best Buy. But Viz, it's hit or miss. Sometimes they'll have some things in Walmart. You might be able to get a good price, but all the stuff on Amazon in that has been higher priced now and stuff like that, even though they've been with Warner forever. So it'll be interesting to see from, what how it standpoint. comes across the border. Special editions, they don't have as many so you pay a bit more and i'm sure they'll want to do some special editions and stuff like that on top of the normal editions so we'll see how it goes uh with that partnership and on that note the one that has my attention is the other side of the divorce uh funimation has uh, done has agreed to some sort of partnership with right stuff so, well that that's actually just a normal streaming one so basically right stuff so this is trying to expand their reach. so they've done stuff where they put it on their youtube channel they've got it where they've put it on Crunchyroll, they've got it where they've put it oh on other streaming services. God. So they put it on. Okay, uh, so is this breaking news? So I didn't realize Harmony Gold was able to renew their Macross license. Yeah, that's that was a big news. Fucking hell! Yeah, the original. Three. Well, I want to let this one digest. We'll ah! um, we'll, t we'll, well, we'll talk. Well, it's about already digested. No, because it, so. because this is this is kind it. of interesting. Because what does it mean for the Macross franchise in North America again? Well, everything else is free game, but those free that they originally had, they're still where they were before, unfortunately. Yeah, so. and that's another topic for another it, day. It's just going to be the same old, same old, as they say, mm -hmm. right? And we are approaching the hour, like I said, we would. So, uh, And then after the ums and ahs come out, it'll probably be another five minutes off. <laughs> but no, the right stuff one, yeah, that's normal, and they're just expanding their reach with getting... Uh, so, And I feel like they had some before on their old... Before, like streaming site and stuff like that for funny but i think with this one the more interesting thing was basically, Funimation like does a lot update. more dubs so i wouldn't be surprised if on top of the subtitle version which is the only one crunchyroll or a lot of others have they might have the dubbed version <sighs> okay. of some of their older shows on there too. i'm upset now we got a um perfect time to end. perfect time to end the show or then this place, then the studio will be left intact. Such bullshit. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it ends, Mike. Yes, This well, show will end with well, Kevin destroying us yeah. all. <laughs> uh, it's kind of, which is kind of nice, which is kind of nice to, you know, end it. End what is Tatsunoko smoking? <laughs> oh, my God. And can I have some? A couple grams? Like a joint or two? Just remember, so, this oh. is what companies care about. Cash rules everything around me. Get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all, right? <laughs> They're probably, yeah, they got to get their strippers and their hookers somehow. What money do they even have? How are they even earning any money nowadays? I'm not even joking. It's a serious question. <laughs> anyway. It's called what have they done in the last 10 years? It's called investment. They took the money they earned and they have it in some very good investments. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, as I said, it's been since, you know when was the last time we were in here uh, taping? It's been like since March. Mm -hmm. yeah. We were at your uh, parents' place last time. Yeah, we were at my uh, we were at my parents in Mississauga to take. And we were watching episode. the then, Raptors on the way to what we figured well, was them never winning note, a championship. On that and note, then it turned around. on that note, they did. And then when we maybe when it's we because we didn't do any tapings after that. Yeah, and right, then we taped. And the then studio. when we taped at Anime North. They, the Raptors have just won the Eastern Conference, and now we're taping today and on this day. Well, we're champions, but we just but lost the Kawhi, Kawhi watch is over. Kawhi, Kawhi watch is, is over. Is, guys uh, did it, man. You, you scared him off. Like you guys. Yeah, way to go, CP. Yeah, way to way to go, CP twenty four and all. So all Kawhi is a Clipper, and Danny Green is a Laker. That could be great. That, and no one cared about Danny Green anyway. That's true, hilarious. True. I mean, he, other he was he was going to leave regardless. Well, anyway, that's just the way it goes. Hey. Trade was worth it. They got their champion. It was good while it lasted. Well, now the great. interesting thing is we talked about before is 
they only have two people under contract the next year. So this will be the first time that uh, Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri, they have like all the cards to build the team because yeah, they basically made that, they were going to get rid of everyone. And then somehow magic happened after that Sacramento trade many moons ago. Yeah. And okay. The people who thought he let us on, shut up. Well, Just shut up. Well, the only thing for me, is, the only thing, my only thing I'll say about it is, well, Toronto was the beneficiary of somebody wanting to come home a year ago when John Tavares so, came So when, exactly. when they visit the Parliament Hill, is he going to come back for that? Like, what's going to happen? Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, you know, it was cool. It was great while it lasted. And, hey, as I said, championship. Nobody can take that away. And mm-hmm. we kept our... Uh, we were held high and stuff like that, at least on the Raptors MLSE side, because they were very respectful. They kept him healthy. They kept him happy. They True. won a championship. Hey, oh so God. on we all that side, that was fine. It was, it was just it was a, fun a few of the fans at the end were just a bit uh, excessive. That's okay. all. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> like we way, just, way to go. Even Once again, way to go, way to go CP24. Like, okay. I know, not anime related, but hey, we're a Toronto show. And anyway, that's it. I think we're done. Because there's never really not Can't much. Can't believe else. we're never going to tape again. That's no, great. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> assuming. Well, after we piece together whatever uh, Kevin just destroys in the next couple minutes. <laughs> okay. So, th- as I said, thanks for. Um, well, thanks for for you guys for uh, bearing with me on the, on doing this episode. So uh, thanks a lot. Great to be back in in the Six Point Studio again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm no. Great to, to have the conversation. Yeah. As we said, and we had a lot to digest and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like the discussion is always welcome. The discussion is always welcome. Yeah. This, and, you know, to listeners out there, whatever number we have, you can add to the discussion as well. Uh, AnimeRoundtable at gmail.com is our email address. At AnimeRoundtable is our Twitter handle. Follow us on Twitter, guys. Yeah. I hate you too, Tatsunoko. It's all your fault too. Okay. They don't listen to the show, Kevin. No, okay. <laughs> also, uh, what is it? What's the other part? Yeah. www.AnimeRoundtable.com. You know the addresses. Hopefully, James and I will have a chance later this week to um, talk a little bit more about Anime Expo, okay? Stay tuned for that. But until then, that's it. Thanks for listening. Join us again for another edition of the Anime Roundtable.